Welcome to the Paranormal States of America. I'm your host, John Devine, and on this episode, we'll be taking our first look at the monsters and undiscovered creatures that lurk in the woods and waters of the United States. Before we begin our look at monsters in Virginia, I want to define what a monster is for the purpose of this show. Monsters are humans or human-like creatures who behave in truly inhuman ways. Vampires, werewolves, and cold-blooded murderers all fall into the category of monsters. These are the monsters of true horror stories and urban legends. Now that we have that designation clear, let's get on with the show. Fairfax County, Virginia, just outside of Washington, D.C., has a population of over 1 million people and is ranked in the top 10 wealthiest counties in the country. In the shadow of the multi-million dollar estates, an urban legend stalks the residents who dare enter his territory. Here's the campfire tale of the Bunny Man. In the early 20th century, there was an insane asylum in the woods that divided the town of Clifton from Fairfax Station. At some point, the asylum closed down and the patients were to be transferred to Lorton Prison. On the way to the prison, the bus transporting the patients crashed on the winding roads of the area. After the crash, all the residents were accounted for, all except for Douglas Griffin. While authorities searched for Griffin in the following days, they found a terrifying sight, a trail of gutted, half-eaten bunnies. Other slaughtered rabbits were found hanging from the Fairfax Station Bridge. For months, police continued the search, but Griffin was never found. One Halloween night, several teens gathered at the Fairfax Station Bridge. At midnight, they were attacked, and the next morning they were found hanging from the bridge, just like those mutilated bunnies. To this day, the legend goes, if you are at Bunny Man Bridge at midnight on Halloween, you will meet the same fate as those teens and those bunnies. This story has circulated among teenagers in Fairfax County for decades, but like many urban legends, the story is just that. A legend. There was no asylum for the insane, no murder of a group of teens, no record of Douglas Griffin. And the bridge isn't really a bridge, it's a railroad overpass that is still in use. So that's the legend of the Bunny Man and the Bunny Man Bridge, so the people of Fairfax County can take comfort in knowing that this horror story is just that, a story. But that's not the whole story. While Douglas Griffin didn't escape an asylum for the insane in the early 1900s, someone else does personify the legend of the Bunny Man. In early October 1970, Air Force Academy cadet Robert Bennett was sitting in a car with his fiancée on Guinea Road in Fairfax around midnight. Suddenly, out of the night, comes a man dressed in a white suit with long bunny ears. He yelled at the couple that they were trespassing. Without warning, he threw a wood-handled hatchet through the front window, shattering the glass and terrifying the couple. They sped away to go to Bennett's uncle's house just up the road and call the police. Two weeks later, the bunny man showed up again about a block away from the original sighting. A security guard spotted the man on the front porch of a new but empty house, holding an axe. The guard, Paul Phillips, started talking to him. And that's when he started chopping, Phillips recounted. The man started to take swing after swing at the pole on the porch. Then he threatened Phillips. 
All you people trespass around here. If you don't get out of here, I'm going to bust you on the head. The police investigated and looked for the bunny man, a male in his teens or early 20s, but were unable to find anything. If the bunny man is real, there's a possibility he is still out in the woods of Fairfax County, ready to scare away people from his territory, or maybe worse. Tragedy is often the root of ghost stories. Violent deaths leave the victims bound to specific places, but sometimes something more terrifying emerges. Completed in 1873, the 4,000-foot-long Chesapeake and Ohio Railway Tunnel under the Churchill neighborhood of Richmond was the longest in the United States. From the time it was completed to the time it was closed in 1925, numerous men lost their lives in the tunnel from cave-ins. The tunnel claimed its last victims on October 2, 1925, when a 190-foot section of the tunnel collapsed on a work train, killing many workers. Rescuers were ready to find a gruesome sight of mangled and burned bodies, but even the most prepared rescuers weren't ready for what they saw coming out of the tunnel. Out of the darkness, a creature emerged. The teeth of the beast were jagged, and its skin seemed to be hanging off its body. Blood dripped from its mouth and was smeared all over its body. It was believed that this creature was feeding on the bodies of the dead workers trapped on their ground in the tunnel. After emerging from the tunnel, it ran to the nearby Hollywood Cemetery and disappeared into a mausoleum. And with that, the legend of the Richmond Vampire was born. But the truth of the matter is much more tragic than the legend. A being did emerge from the wreckage of that train, but it wasn't some supernatural beast. Benjamin Mosby, a fireman on the locomotive, was shoveling coal and was badly burned in the wreck. He had burns over most of his body and his teeth were broken. In shock, he made a run for the nearby James River before being taken to Grace Street Hospital, where he later died. The tunnel was sealed off not long after the cave-in, leaving two men and the locomotive buried underneath the streets of Richmond less than two miles from the Virginia State House. You can still see where the tunnel is sealed off, serving as a tomb to those who died there almost a hundred years ago. But the legend of the Richmond vampire remains, and with it, the remembrance of Benjamin Mosby and his fellow crewmates claimed by the Church Hill Tunnel. In the 1890s, the community of Big Stone Gap in the southwestern tip of the state was plagued by a series of cattle mutilations. This wasn't totally out of the ordinary as bears and wolves lived in the woods, but these attacks weren't like normal animal attacks. The animals were dismembered, with only the head and hindquarters remaining. The other thing that made these attacks unique? The animals were drained of blood. When strange attacks happen, especially in isolated areas, people have a tendency to look at outsiders as the culprits. This case was no different. When other domestic animals were found butchered like the cattle, people in the area started to suspect that somebody on the outside was causing these attacks. They focused their suspicions on a reclusive European man known only by the name of Rupp. He lived in the woods in a crude cabin away from all the others. He rarely went into town. When two boys approached his cabin one day, they peered into one of the windows and saw a man in front of the fireplace eating a large piece of raw meat. The boys claimed it was the leg of a cow. The townspeople thought this was enough to arrest Rupp, but the sheriff had no evidence. A few weeks later, the town drunk went missing and his body was found in the woods, completely drained of blood and with an arm and a leg missing. The body was found close to Rupp's cabin, but no evidence linked him to the death. When another man was found dead in the forest near Rupp's cabin, missing limbs and drained of blood, Bob Rule took over. A number of vigilantes armed themselves and marched toward Rupp's cabin. 
When they reached the cabin, they found it unlocked. When they entered, they were greeted by a horrendous sight. Body parts spread out all over the floor, which sent several men running out of the cabin in fear and horror. Rupp was gone, and the men burned the cabin to the ground. The next morning, they searched the woods, but found nothing. Rupp was never seen again. But the legend of the vampire of Big Stone Gap emerges every time an animal is found mutilated in the woods. But maybe it's not just a legend. Maybe the vampire is still in the area, stalking his next meal. The full moon is the inspiration behind many legends and folklore. Cultures around the world believe that the full moon gives some people the ability to transform into animals. These beliefs are the origins of the legend of the werewolf. In Verina, a town east of Richmond, people have reported seeing a creature that's about six feet tall and covered with gray hair, a human-like body, and a wolf-like face. It has been spotted on the nights of the full moon in the area of the Springs Recreation Center. People have described it as standing on two legs but being able to run on all fours. The creature has been known to chase people around the park. One story of the creature was told by a young couple that had been enjoying a quiet night sitting on a bench under the light of the full moon. The quiet was broken by terrifying howls from behind them. Startled, they turned around and saw two huge wolf-like creatures staring at them, their eyes glowing in the moonlight. But these weren't like normal wolves. These stood on two legs. The couple was frozen in fear. The standoff lasted for several minutes, the wolves not making an attempt to approach the couple and the couple was too afraid to move toward their vehicle. Then, as suddenly as they had appeared, the wolves walked into the woods and disappeared. The couple, not wanting to wait around for their return, ran to their car and drove away as fast as they could. Some creatures of Virginia legend don't have human or natural origins. One tale from Wise County in the southwestern tip of the state tells of a creature that was an incarnation of death itself. In the early 1900s, Wise was in the heart of coal country. The black coal dust was a fact of daily life in the area. It could be seen on the skin and clothes of the workers. It collected in their lungs, leading to the early deaths of many. But when a large black dog appeared in town, it struck fear into the residents. One day, the dog appeared at the house belonging to a small family. Sitting outside, it would howl all day and all night. The family shooted away, but it wouldn't be gone long, returning to keep watch over the house. Within a day of the dog's arrival, the family's young son became ill. The dog's howling seemed to increase in volume and frequency. As his condition worsened, the dog's behavior became more intense, scratching at the doors and windows trying to get in. The family again tried to get the dog away, but it would always return. One night, the boy became really sick, and the dog seemed to howl nonstop, its voice echoing throughout the house. Surrounded by his family, the boy lost his battle against the illness. As soon as the boy passed, the dog's howling stopped, and it left the house. It wasn't long before the hound returned to Wise. When it claimed another house, the family decided to try to appease the beast. Instead of trying to get it to leave, they treated it kindly, giving it free reign around the property, and even interacting with it like they would a normal dog, petting it and patting it on the head. But death always fulfills its mission. One day, as the man was returning home from work in the nearby mine, the dog started walking towards him and began to howl. The man started to feel sick and weak. He was barely able to make it home. 
The dog followed him to the house, howling the entire way. The man was bedridden for the next several days as his health continued to decline. The dog sat in the front yard, howling. When the man died shortly after first falling ill, the dog again stopped howling and disappeared. The hound returned one more time to Wise. This time, when it selected a house, the family tried to fight back. The man took his rifle and fired two shots at the dog from close range, but the shots had no effect on the hound. Instead, it took up a spot in the yard and began howling. The family could only listen as death sang its terrifying song. One day, the family's oldest boy went out to the field to bring the cattle back to the barn. Suddenly, his family began to hear the howling of the dog from the direction their boy went off to. Both the man and the woman ran out of the house toward the howling. As suddenly as it began, it stopped, but the boy and the dog were nowhere to be found. After that, the hound was never seen in Wise again, but its visit over a hundred years ago still has residents fearing its return. Virginia's landscape is as diverse as its history. Mountains and beaches, lakes and rivers, forests and swamps. The natural beauty draws millions of people to the state for outdoor adventures and the peace and quiet offered by getting away from the hustle and bustle of the cities. But peace and quiet isn't the only thing waiting for visitors who venture off the interstates and main roads. Creatures of many types roam Virginia, but these aren't the ones you find in field guides. These are the ones straight out of nightmares. Folklore, urban legends, and modern sightings combine to paint a darker picture of the scenic areas of the state. One creature that has been seen in the Appalachian Mountains is the Wampus Cat. Reports of the Wampus Cat go back to pioneer days, and sightings are still occurring in modern times. One story of the Wampus Cat comes from the early 20th century in the mountains of western Virginia. It was a summer night, and the sky was lit up by the light of the full moon. A hunter went out to hunt raccoons, using the light of the moon to his advantage. His two dogs led the way as they normally did. Suddenly, his dogs froze in fear, and before he could see what spooked them, they turned and ran away. As he tried to catch up to them, he lost his balance and fell, his rifle flying into the woods. Before he stood back up, he noticed a foul, skunk-like odor filling the air. But his dogs wouldn't be scared like that by a skunk, he thought. He stood, and there in front of him, he saw a terrifying sight. A cat-like creature that stood on two legs, with saliva dripping down its fangs, with large, glowing yellow eyes. The hunter looked for his rifle, but it was not within reach. The creature let out a loud, ear-piercing yell, and the hunter turned and ran back to his house, the creature chasing him the entire way. As he reached the house, he got inside and slammed the door behind him. He could hear the beast on the porch, scratching at the door and the side of the house. Throughout the night, the creature stalked outside of the house, scratching, growling, and howling. As the sun started to rise, he heard one last howl, and then he heard the creature run off into the woods. When he thought the creature was gone, he looked out his windows to make sure it was safe. He grabbed the knife and cautiously went outside. He saw scratch marks on the outside of his house, and he could see depressions in the ground from where the creature stood. He heard a noise in the barn, and he slowly approached, hoping that it wasn't the creature. He readied his knife for defense, and he slowly opened the door to the barn. Inside, there was no sign of the creature, but he did see an animal. Two, actually. They were his dogs, still cowering in the corner in fear from their encounter with the wampus cat. The public's knowledge of cryptozoology is limited, but most people know the All-Stars. 
first is Bigfoot. Although primarily sighted in other parts of the country, Virginia has had dozens of documented Bigfoot sightings. Bigfoot sightings have occurred in all regions of Virginia, from the mountains in the west to the marshes of the east. In Giles County, near the West Virginia border, a man saw a Bigfoot on a hill in 1990. It seemingly was watching a group of campers from the trees. The man who reported the sighting described the creature as being about six and a half feet tall, with long, dark brown hair that was about four or five inches. The face was less hairy, like a man's beard. It had wide shoulders, which he described as like a football player wearing shoulder pads. The body tapered down in size toward the hips and waist. He said it had no neck, as when it turned to look at him, it had to turn its entire upper body. He described the eyes as large and dark, and it had a nose that was flatter than a human's, but not ape-like. In Lee County, in the southwestern part of the state, in 1997, a deer hunter didn't return home as planned. The next morning, a few of his friends went to search for him, and they found him in a field with his clothes torn to shreds. When he regained some of his strength, he was able to tell them what happened. While he was hunting, he had shot a deer, but it managed to get away. He followed the blood trail, and when he found the deer, a beast was ripping through it. When he yelled at the beast, it stood up, and it was about eight feet tall, covered head to toe in thick hair. He said it let out an ear-piercing scream, and the next thing he knew, it was upon him, and it slung him into the woods, where he hid his head on a rock and lost consciousness. When he awoke, he was in an open field, not knowing where he was or how he had gotten out of the woods. This story is more violent than most Bigfoot sightings, but it's not uncommon to hear a Bigfoot chasing away people. One case in Northern Virginia reported rocks and sticks being thrown in the direction of witnesses. Another sighting in Bedford County, in the western part of the state, a witness reported seeing a mother and baby Bigfoot crossing the road at night in her headlights. When they crossed the road, she noted that the mother stooped down to pick up some rocks, though none were thrown at the car. It's clear that they had the instinct to protect themselves in ways other creatures cannot. Other than Bigfoot, the other cryptid that people know is the Loch Ness Monster, or Nessie. Virginia has its own unknown aquatic resident that lurks in the waters of the Chesapeake Bay. It is known by locals as Chessie. The first reported Chessie sighting came in 1846, when a ship captain reported seeing a small-headed serpentine creature swimming between Cape Charles on the eastern shore and Cape Henry on the eastern edge of Virginia, just north of Virginia Beach. After that sighting, the creature disappeared into the depths and away from the headlines. Then, in the 1970s, dozens of sightings were reported. All reported the same thing, a long serpent-like creature, 25 to 40 feet long, swimming in an undulating motion like a whale, not side to side like a snake. Some reported humps being visible above the water, moving up and down. There haven't been any sightings since the 1980s, but Chessie has earned her place in Virginia lore. These stories are just a few that illustrate that there are mysterious creatures roaming around the woods and waters and mountains of Virginia. So next time you are out in the wilderness and you feel that someone or something is watching you, you may be right. This concludes our look at some of the paranormal activity in Virginia. We barely scratched the surface and we'll definitely be taking another look at the state in a future episode. But this is just a start of our look at the paranormal in the United States. Our next episode won't take us far. We're going right across the Potomac River to Washington, D.C. to look at some of the notable ghosts and creatures that haunt the nation's capital. 
If you've enjoyed this episode, please remember to click the subscribe button to get notifications when new episodes are released. Until next time, I'm your host, John Devine, signing off from the Paranormal States of America. Thank you for listening. 